0: After an accident, minutes matter. Your words and actions matter even more. You need help, and you need it now. This is David vs. Goliath, brought to you by Dolman Law Group Accident Injury Lawyers, a boutique firm with a reputation for going head-to-head with the insurance company giants and putting people over profits. Thanks for joining us. This is an episode from our back catalog, so the episode numbers and firm name may have changed. But this is quality information, so instead of scrapping them, we decided it was more important to make sure you still had access. Enjoy the episode and listen to new episodes of David vs. Goliath at Dolmanlaw.com Welcome
1: to the Dolman Law Podcast. This is episode 2. I'm here with Alex Knapp, the director of Operations here at Dolman Law Group. I'm Matthew Dolman. Uh, managing partner at Dolman Law Group, we handle personal injury cases statewide throughout Florida. Today we're here to talk about lawyer referral services, which is an issue that's is near and dear our hearts. Alex, what have you? What's your thoughts on lawyer referral services? And then I will take it from there.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, if you know anything about our our website, if you've ever gone on our website, if you've Googled personal injury attorneys or 401 pain in the right area, you've actually probably seen our names pop up. Um we have a pretty famous blog, a pretty well trafficked blog on the on the topic. Lawyer referral services are everywhere. They're ubiquitous. One eight hundred ask Gary. Four hundred one Payne. I think there was one called Ask Joby or Ask Kobe not that long ago. You know, you call in and they get you set up with a doctor and a lawyer that's gonna you know take care of your case. Um, they, they'll even kind of imply in their commercials that this person that's in your oh, that's gonna be assigned to your case is part of an exclusive club. This guy is one of one percent of attorneys that's involved in this you know, lawyer referral service. <laughs> he must be special to be yeah.
1: part of this group. And that may not actually be true. Matt? All right. So it's not that I'm reticent to talk about the other services like Ask Gary or, you know, there's a few others around the state. I'm going to talk about 401 Pain as that's the, you know, the group that I have the most experience with. They're the ones that we see advertising so heavily here on the West Coast of Florida and obviously throughout Central and the East Coast is where they started. I believe they actually commenced their operations out of Fort Lauderdale. I don't know where to begin. You know, the recent commercials I hear is where they advertise that, you know, their attorneys are among 1%, and they kind of create the inference, if you will, that this is an exclusive group of lawyers, that um, the other 99% cannot become members of uh, 401 Payne or this specific uh, lawyer referral service. Truth be told is, it's not an actual uh, major qualification. It's a pay-to-play scheme. So if you pay, you could become and you have a you're a member in good standing with the Florida Bar. I believe that's what their qualifications are. You become a member of 411 Pain, and I don't want to paint all attorneys that are members of this uh, lawyer referral service with one brush. There's sure there's some quality lawyers that are involved, but are the top trial lawyers in this state or the preeminent lawyers in this state members of 411 Pain? I don't think so. Um, I can I can give you a number of the top trial lawyers, the guys who are board certified, the guys with the biggest reputation in this this side of the state, and I know guys on the other side of the state who are not members of any specific lawyer referral service, who disdain lawyer referral services, who would never want to be mentioned or associated with a lawyer referral service. In fact, they rely upon their reputations and uh, you know their former and current clients to get new business, not based upon advertising with a uh, with a lawyer referral service who constantly is on ad nauseum on daytime television and all over the radio, telling individuals what they can and will you know, attain after retaining such a service.
2: Yeah, a lot of times the commercials are actually funny because they'll present information that's in itself true, but very misleading. You might be inti- entitled to $10,000 after your personal injury case or you're in your personal injury car accident case. And the reality is they're referring to personal injury protection, $10,000 worth of insurance coverage that's available to you to pay your medical bills. But what most of my clients now think, or what people in the you know community think when they see that is there's ten thousand dollars is just ready to come to me the moment I get in a car accident. It's really misleading. Another thing is, like Matt said, it's a paid membership. We oftentimes, based on our, you know, kind of the the blogging we've done in the past on the topic of 401 pain, we get a few clients that are either currently represented by or previously represented by or were considering being represented by 401 pain attorneys. And I'll tell you, the list of names that I've seen um when I've sent out, you know, discharge letters letting prior attorneys know that they are no longer on the case isn't a distinguished one. Those aren't exactly names of lawyers that you see just knocking out huge verdicts on awesome cases a lot of times. It's oftentimes small shops that are just settlement mills churning out cases.
1: Yeah, and again I hate to paint that generalization, but when they create the generalization, this the misleading inference, which by the way, forum hanging has previously been nailed by the Attorney General's office. They were fined by the Attorney General's office, I believe it was in 2012. And I imagine they're going to get hit again based on their most recent ad, talking about the top 1%. But they've been nailed by the AG's office for misleading advertisements before, including putting a police officer or the likeness of a police officer in their ad, where it said before calling 911 call 41 paint. it was an officer with his baton on the billboard. And I hate to call an operation sleazy, but uh you know, the problem that the Florida bar has in dealing with this organization is it's run by non-lawyers who fall outside the jurisdiction of the Florida Bar. The lawyers that are in the organization obviously have to prescribe to certain standards um, that are mandated by the Florida Bar, but the Florida Bar has trouble regulating this organization because they're owned by non-lawyers. This is a service that will often state that they can perform specific functions um, that are not, you know, it's, it's, It's often fool's gold. What they're they're stating is that uh, they can attain specific results, yet it doesn't hold true to all lawyers that are part of their service. Uh, Depending on when you call or what time you call, you may be assigned to one of a number of different lawyers based upon where they fall in the rotation of 401 pain and how much money they paid in order to receive the specific amount of referrals they get every month. The person making that decision is an individual in a call center who is not a lawyer, who does not have a legal background, does not have a legal education That is making this determination for you. Now, 401 Payne is now subject to and is a defendant in a lawsuit filed by Geico in federal court in violation of uh, the RICO statute, Racketeering and Influence Corruption Organization Act, um, alleging fraud, alleging kickback schemes, um, and alleging uh, client brokering. This lawsuit was filed back in, uh, I believe it was October and um, they've now filed, I believe they filed an answer to the complaint, but I could be wrong. This is going on in federal court. It's going to take a couple of years to play out, but the allegations are pretty salacious. And, you know, one of the main allegations was that Path Medical, which is actually the company that owns the medical centers, was directing everyone to a specific lawyer or specific lawyers who in turn were, you know, really telling these individuals they have to go – treat at path medical. So it was very self-serving. It wasn't in the best interest of the client that the client sees the same physicians, no matter what type of claim they have. And it seemed a very, um, almost as if this was a deal of, of brokering between the lawyers and the doctors that were involved with 401 pain.
2: Yeah. I mean, aside from the complaint and the issues that are presented in there, and Matt is far more able to discuss that kind of thing than I am. He's, he's, he's read the complaint; he knows far more about it than I do. The issues that we've kind of come across in the past just from talking to doctors that used to be part of the group, the, talking to doctors that are currently a part of the group, talking to lawyers that have you know taken part in it. 401Pain's far more worried about getting you into one of their clinics than getting you the best possible legal representation because they also know that one of the worst parts of this industry is that there's oftentimes not enough coverage in a personal injury case. There may not be bodily injury coverage, then there may not be underinsured murderers coverage, but if the vehicle that you are driving in, or if you own a Florida vehicle is insured by a Florida insurance policy, there is going to be at least $10,000 worth of personal injury protection. So those medical bills that they're able to charge are going to be paid. And there will, unless there's fraud involved, there will be no situation where Path Medical or Physicians Group or whomever is required to give that money back. So as long as they get you into the attorney that's on the list at that time when you called into their call center, they know that they're going to get you your treatment and your treatment is going to follow a certain path that will allow them to I don't know, for lack of a better term, extract your $10,000 in personal injury protection as quickly as possible. I've actually spoken to a doctor that used to be part of their network that told me that in his initial evaluation of a patient, he would, you know, give them certain diagnoses and certain treatments. And then somewhere along the way within path medical, they would see a medical doctor, that medical doctor would create all new diagnoses that weren't in the initial uh, treatment note from the uh, from the chiropractor. and suddenly that individual would be going through all different types of modalities so that uh, 401 pains you know clinic path medical could extract as much money as possible per visit to get to the ten thousand dollars as quickly
1: as possible. Correct. you know Geico is claiming that uh, there's violations of the self-referral act and you know the self-referral act prohibits any healthcare and I'm reading this right now from the lawsuit, it prohibits any healthcare or medical providers from referring patients to any entity or service that they own or have an investment interest in. Now, in this case, Robert Lewin, who is the owner of 401pain, also owns PATH Medical. So what Geico is claiming is that injured parties would call 401pain, and then they'd either be self-referred right to a PATH Medical Clinic, or would be referred to an attorney, and namely, it's Canner Pintaluga um, or Landau and associates would then refer the new client to get treated at Path Medical Clinic. So that was the main that was one of the main violations. And then the other violation also is part of the same scheme that Geico, again, these are only allegations, and this is only what Geico is alleging. None of this has been proven yet in a court of law, but there is substantial allegations and what they believe is substantial proof that this all did occur, that Landau and associates would then handle all the PIP billing and any any you know billing irregularities by Geico on the back end. So Kenner and Pintaluga also owns Landau and Associates, according to the court documents and the allegations put forth in the complaint. So Kenner and Pintaluga was dipping into the front end of the case based on what GEICO was perceiving as illegal claims and violations of the Self-Referral Act. And then the back end also dipping in on the PIP benefits and whatever benefits were not paid. So they were seeking attorney fees on PIP claims.
2: So yeah, I guess that's something we should probably discuss just really briefly. If a medical provider in the state of Florida bills personal injury protection through a PIP insurer and they aren't paid properly, there is a remedy that's available to them in the Florida statute that they can, you know, send a demand. If the demand isn't met, isn't paid properly, they can file a lawsuit and their lawsuit will allow their attorney's fees to be paid from the insurance company. Basically, that lawsuit gets prevailing party fees. So in a situation where, let's say, Path Medical, has a patient that's referred to them by 401 pain that's represented by Cantor and Penaluga. Cantor and Penaluga then represents that client for the bodily injury claim if there is one. They will then get an attorney's fee based off of that, you know, case. But if Path Medical's claim bill is not paid properly by the insurance company, GEICO, USAA, State Farm, whomever, Landown Associates then takes the, you know, the treatment notes from Path Medical, sends a demand on Path Medical's behalf and attains a settlement for the treatment that takes place from Path Medical, along with an attorney's fee there. So that's what Matt's referring to when he says double dipping. There's two different types of litigation that can occur in and around a personal injury case. There is the litigation that takes place where the person that's hurt is made whole, but there's also a litigation that can take place on behalf of the medical provider.
1: Correct. And, uh, you know, also, Don Marie, again, from the lawsuit, there's alleged violations of the chiropractic advertising laws. So Florida chiropractic advertising laws prohibit any chiropractor from advertising under a name other than their own and prohibits engaging in false, deceptive, or misleading advertising. So Geico claims that Lewin, Robert Lewin, the owner of 401 Pain, 401 Pain itself, and Path Medical violates these in three separate ways. First, by making 401 Pain appear as if it were an independent, separate business acting on its own to find patients, a healthcare professional, when in fact, they were actually just referring patients to clinics owned by them. Second, Geico claims that Path Medical advertised under a name other than their own when they advertised as 401 Pain. And finally, by representing Path Medical clinics as superior to other clinics. they go going to say that 401 Pain's website claims that their service helps patients to find chiropractic clinics when, in fact, they never disclose that there is no finding involved. They send everybody to Path Medical. So, 401 is claiming, 401 Pain rather, is claiming that the act is this independent service that's going to help you find the best doctor and lawyer. Um, and in every single case, they're they're sending you to, to uh, Path Medical or if they lack a specific chiropractor or they lack, if Path Medical is not treating individuals in a specific uh, jurisdiction or zip code, they send you to a chiropractor that they have a deal with. So in, like in this case in Clearwater, everyone sees a chiropractor by the name of Don Brown at All Family Wellness. So it's all based on who form pain has a relationship with in that area and that zip code or if foreign pain has if Path Medical is actually operating in that jurisdiction, everyone sees Path Medical. Does that sound like an independent uh, medical and lawyer referral service to you?
2: I mean, certainly not. I think that's and that's the crux of Geico's allegation. And far be it for me to end up on the side of Geico. I often find them to be uh, one of the more difficult insurance companies to 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 deal with and to have you know kind of have a back and forth with. But it certainly seems like they might be onto something. Um, this isn't the first time that. You know, allegations of impropriety have been levied against One pain and Path Medical, to be sure.
1: Another thing I found very interesting is, and it, it it's very telling, and again, these are just allegations. Again, there is just the allegations contained in the federal lawsuit that's over 100 pages that was filed back in October in the Middle District of Florida here in Tampa. But GEICO specifically called out the lawyer and the doctor defendants for having poor reputations that required him to participate in fraudulent scams in order to secure a new client. So Geico called out Eric Pentaluga and his prior bar violation or violations and saying that he had a poor reputation and needed this service in order to secure new clients. They also called out Dr. Michael Walensky, Dr. David Cheeseman, uh, Ty Kwan, MD, and Ralph G. Marino, MD. And I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing these names correctly. And a number of them had prior uh, disciplinary histories. Uh, I think one was accused of Medicare fraud in the past. Um, they all had, according to Geico, at least. And this is again according to their allegations in the complaint, and by no means is this objective. And the thoughts of Matthew Dolman of Dolman Law Group, but uh, it it does state that you know these individuals all would have trouble securing employment on their own, and were all part of this massive fraud, all part of this massive fraud scheme. And no way could any of these individuals, some of them very advanced in age, a couple of these physicians were older than seventy, possibly see the amount of patients that you know, 401 pain or half medical was claiming that they were seeing in a given day or a given week and that the numerous bills were being submitted where these physicians were apparently rendering services that according to Geico, it was impossible for someone of that advanced age to see that many individuals in such a given day or a given week.
2: Yeah, actually, I, I, I'm glad that we discussed this. Uh, you, you mentioned whether or not there was an answer to the complaint filed. I just read this morning there was a motion to dismiss actually filed by the attorneys for Caner and Pentaluga. Stating that the claim wasn't properly, uh, you know, properly laid out in the complaint, and Geico has actually responded with, you know, I want to say, it's like six legal briefs on the issue, stating, you know, obviously reiterating their complaints and, you know, pointing out the way that they believe that their claim is laid out properly. In one of their briefs, they actually dive into some of the, the how long the scheme has apparently been going on since at least 2014, and Geico, you know, believes states that quote. The services were medically unnecessary, illusory, unlawful, and otherwise unreimbursable. It's pretty, pretty harrowing uh, allegations to have thrown at your practice. I would say, if I were a doctor that's in charge of a practice, and that's kind of what's being thrown at me, I think it'd be time to, to kind of look inward.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's basically in a nutshell. You know, the allegations that have been uh, alleged, at least, against a 4 one pain. Half Medical, which again is owned by the very same individual that owns 401 pain, which is Robert Cash Lewin. Um, the law firm of Canner and Pentaluga, uh, the lawyers individually, Eric Pentaluga, Howard Canner, uh, Landau and Associates, and specifically Todd Landau. Um, again, these are allegations, none of them have been proven. So we look forward to seeing how this presents itself and how this plays out. For the next two years, again, with uh, considering this is a federal RICO case, and it's a very convoluted federal litigation, it's going to take a couple of years for this whole thing to play out. This is not expedited litigation, which we normally see in federal court, because it's a complex federal case. It's going to take quite some time. So, I look forward to seeing how this does play out. But keep in mind, again, when you're calling a lawyer referral service, and this is a third party, you know, you got to ask yourself, what is a uh, non-attorney spokesperson that you see on TV? Are they a lawyer? No. Um, is the staff of, uh, this call center when you're calling into a lawyer referral service, are they staffed by lawyers? No. So you have an individual that is trying to take care of your legal needs. That is an employee of four one one pain who is not telling the individual on the phone that half medical is also owned by four one one pain. Therefore that I think would be a, I don't know, a conflict of interest, if you will, um, they're not disclosing that they have a self-serving purpose in referring you to half medical and that uh, it's not objective. They're not looking for the best physician for you. They're referring you to an, a company that they also own. and They're referring you to law firms that are also paying a fee to be part of this lawyer referral service, which is non encompassed the top lawyers out there. Some of the lawyers that are part of 401 Payne, I'm sure, are very good. Um, some of them probably aren't. Uh, it probably runs the gamut. We've seen some young and inexperienced lawyers. We've all seen some very good lawyers. Um, but it's not the top, the the, the crux of the crux, the the, uh, the upper echelon, the top crust of trial lawyers out there that are members of 401 Pain. In fact, most of the top lawyers out there that the individuals were considered the best in the business are not members of 401 Pain. So these these advertisements that, if you will, they hear on the radio regularly where they talk about this exclusive group of lawyers that are members of 401 Pain. In fact, in one, you hear this Woman with this annoying voice talking about how many members there are of the Florida Bar. Yet there's only so many members of 401 One Pain. As if it's an exclusive group. Is it really exclusive, Alex?
2: No, I don't. It's 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 certainly not. I uh, I was actually surprised not that long ago uh, to learn that one of the biggest law, the biggest personal injury law firm in the state and probably the country is you know accepts and works with 401 One Pain. So that gives you an idea. Meaning they're a very good law firm in certain areas, certain mm-hmm. aspects. Phenomenal. Some very good trial lawyers. There's some very, very good trial lawyers. Some very good bad faith lawyers that are at that particular firm. Um, but the other side of it is, they do accept you know thousands and thousands of intakes a month because it's such a large machine that they've got to support. On the other side of it is, you have small individuals out there that are part of the the group that couldn't possibly have built up the you know the cachet or the experience needed to be a part of a group. The bottom line is there's absolutely zero evidence of any kind of a claim that 401 pain lawyers are superior to non 401 pain lawyers. As you know, as Matt has so eloquently laid out, we know some incredible personal injury attorneys, trial attorneys with multiple million dollar verdicts in the last year who have no involvement with lawyer referral services or 401 pain at all. Frankly, I you know some of the best trial lawyers you're ever going to come across they get all of their work from other lawyers.
1: Yes or based on their reputation standing in the community. They're not reliant upon a lawyer referral service. They can actually stand on their own reputation to generate cases, um, much like our firm does. We don't, we don't worry about uh, you know, mass advertising. We have a couple billboards in the area because I formerly was associated with another lawyer, so that may, helps doctors in the area know who that I am on my own. But we're not involved in mass advertising. In fact, we probably spend about a tenth of what most lawyers uh, who are the biggest firms in this area would spend in, in, in terms of monthly advertising. Um, we're reliant upon our previous successes, upon, uh, the results we've attained from former and current client, you know, current clients who are retaining us for the second time. That's how we built our business by word of mouth, not reliant or encumbered to some lawyer referral service.
2: Yes. I mean, I can't get into the specifics cause I frankly don't know them, but I've even been told in the past that certain lawyers that get involved with lawyer referral services like 401 Payne or like ask Gary have to give up control of certain aspects of their practice. The marketing. Yes, yeah, they, the marketing is obviously controlled by 401 pain. They certainly can't put a message out there that constantly. I haven't heard that
1: about 401 pain. I've heard that about other lawyer referral services. So, just to be corrected on that, that they will come in and basically control how your marketing is done so they can get cases back to their specific doctors. Yeah, and like I haven't heard that about 401
2: pain. Well, yeah, like I said, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't certain it was 401 pain, but this is something I've heard about lawyer referral services in the past. Another issue is along with the monthly fee that you pay some agreements that some of these attorneys enter into require them to send back a certain number of clients as well. So in in essence you have, it's probably not written down, but a quid pro quo relationship wherein, you know, you're paying to get us to send you cases. But in addition, you need to send us cases back so that, you know, we're not just relying only on the people that have called our referral service. It's not how I would choose to run a law firm if I was able to just design one from scratch.
1: Yep. I think we covered this in a from soup to nuts. I don't think there's much more to say. I disdain lawyer referral services. I don't think they serve any legitimate purpose. I wish the legislature would do away with them in Florida. Obviously they're somewhat outside the control of the Florida bar. The Florida bar only has jurisdiction over lawyers, not independent owners who are non-lawyers, although the individuals who are part of the lawyer referral service are lawyers, and I wish the bar would do more, but they're kind of handcuffed here, um, if you will. Uh, I don't think they think much of these lawyer referral services as evidenced by the fact they have proposed numerous rule changes but it's very difficult to govern again a service that is owned by non-lawyers
2: yeah I mean 30 years ago I could understand the need for it People might not know who they could go to absent you know going just following whatever commercial shows up on television but the internet and smartphones and the ability to reach the you know the, the entire world of knowledge in our fingertips it doesn't seem necessary for me to allow an exi- you know, uh, a company to exist that is owned by non-lawyers that will dictate where individuals who are looking to retain lawyers, what lawyers they work with. It certainly seems uh, perverse in its nature.
1: Well, I think that's it for our second episode of uh, the Dolman Law Podcast. Thanks again, Alex.
2: Thank you very much.
0: This episode of David versus Goliath is over, but your journey is just getting started. To share your story with us... Visit dolmanlaw.com, that's D-O-L-M-A-N law.com, or call 866-965-6242. The insights and views presented in David vs. Goliath are for general information purposes only,